Yo, this Q Richardson and D-Miles, we're the Knuckleheads. We're here live on location today at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. We got a tasting with our sponsors, Hennessy U.S. We got a live conversation with Hall of Famer Gary Payton, Hall of Famer Allen Iverson, and current All-Star Kyle Lowry. We appreciate y'all coming up and kicking with us. Sponsored by Hennessy. In my hood, they call it Yak. This is Q Rich and D Miles and Knuckleheads. We culture pushers. That's when I knew I was like, I'm gonna be a rebel. This is Fact Finder right here. This is a story that people don't know. You can't call me soft and you can't disrespect where I'm from. I did deal with a lot of losers and that shit sucked. Now I gotta get crap. We come from an authentic OG standpoint. But it's always good vibes. Yo, what are y'all doing here? I thought I was just coming over to watch the game and you guys got a microphone set up in the backyard and. Okay. I like this. I like this. I like this. I like this. Hello? Hey, hey, hey. Cruising down the street in my 6-4. Oh. My mic check, that's all. What up, what up? We appreciate everybody coming out. We got some great guys that came to join us today. We really appreciate them for being here. One of them in particular, I mean, everybody knows he's a huge icon. He's somebody that we looked up to growing up in this basketball game, was an idol of ours. And the other one is an all-star, so he's he absolutely doing his thing in the league, too. You know that. But uh, without further ado, we want to announce Kyle Lowry and the Hall of Fame, Allen Iverson. Appreciate it. Show your love. Show your love. That Philly connection, man. First off, we want to say, man, thank y'all for coming. Definitely a big blessing, man. We launching this, this podcast we just wanted to show love to the players and just show, like, the deeper stories, the funny stories, laughing jokes, stuff we just sit in the house and watch TV and talk about. So we definitely, it's definitely a pleasure to have y'all here. And uh, first, we kind of want to start off, uh, I want to throw this at Kyle. This is an inaugural question every time. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the first person in the league to bust your ass? <laughs> well, you, well, you, uh, you knew this, like, oh, man, this... This is the league. It's real. This man to my right. Oh, yeah. Now, this is good. This is my, this <laughs> my, my first year, my second year in the league, and I was just playing. We was in Memphis, and I remember something happened, and the referee, I was like, man, what you want me to do? I said, the referee said, man, you know what? He one of the hardest mother effers you, the, the, the referee there is. I said, so what am I supposed to do? Shit, stay out of his way. <laughs> I said, man, how am I supposed to do that? But, uh, you know, it showed me the ropes, and, um, you know, it was, a, it was a lesson that, that I learned. You know what I mean? Chuck, same question. Like, who, who was the first person when you got in the league that to give you them numbers, bust your ass, and you was like, man, I'm here? I was a rookie, and, um, like, I ain't never had nobody bust my ass before. <laughs> Not for real. Yeah. I, I, in my life, we played the Phoenix Suns, and KJ gave me... 39, 9, and 9. <laughs> Kevin Johnson. Yes. Ooh. And it was it, it was not off athletic ability or nothing like that. It was just, he was just so much smarter than me. He just knew how to play the game. You know what I mean? I was just a puppy. Yeah. I remember Mo Cheeks after the game telling me, like, you know, one day, yeah, you going to get somebody 39, 9, and 9. Right. You know what I mean? So, and I was actually crying in my life. I never got destroyed like that. Yeah. And that's something that I will always remember, but it helped me 
in in my development of being who I am and who I became. Yeah. I always wanted to play for John Thompson. And uh, if John Thompson was still coaching when I came out of high school, probably I would have went to Georgetown. You lying. You knew he was going to leave. <laughs> he's he's going to get that John, money. John Thompson was like, he was. it was just something. I felt like I was the same type of player, like AI coming from a bad environment. And I felt that was a person that loved, would, would help me out and, and get me to the next level. That's why I was like, Big on John Thompson seeing your career. What made you choose John Thompson in, in Georgetown? I didn't have a choice. <laughs> like, my mom went to him. I was recruited by everybody in the country, football and basketball, everybody in the country. And then I got in the situation, bowling alley situation, and um, it was over. Like, nobody recruited me. Nothing. It was it was all over. And my mom went to him and said, if you don't take my son, some, he's going to die or he's going to go to jail for the rest of his life. And he would say today that uh, he did that for my mom. But I know it had something to do with my talent. Too. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Kyle, what made you choose Villanova? I hate him. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like you know four zero against Georgetown in my my career, so you know I got some I got oh. some over it. How how shots fired? I got some over it. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I think it it was home, man. It was home being around the family and being there. I had my mom, my brother, you know, and the friends come to the games, and it was 30 minutes outside the city, but I was able to go home every day, and you know, I couldn't do laundry. So I went home like every weekend. Mom got to do laundry. Hey, grandma. Pick mom, up. Okay. Can I get that lunch? You know what I'm saying? And then get a good meal. But that was home. You know what I'm saying? That was the, it was the right situation for me. I got a story I want to bring up about AI. So this go back to me and D-Miles before we ever played a game in the NBA. We get drafted. Here we go. We get drafted we in 2000. We go on the Zoe Summer Groove, right? So we hype. We like, we about to be out there or whatever. This about to be the biggest thing. So we get there the week before. And we, uh, you know, we the young boys, so Zoe got us hanging with the kids, doing camps, doing all of that stuff. So when the weekend come, this boy then got sick from being with the kids. I tell why I got sick. He got, he got his whole life. He ain't never had the chicken pox. He got chicken pox at Zoe's. I'm eighteen kid, years old. You know, I'm not, I you can't know how make you it feel up. When you eighteen, and they say it's pox? worse. They say it's worse when you older. I right? feel like I was dying, bro. When you get older, yeah. It's, it's worse when you get older. So he locked in the room, like all the people, like Sherry, Leah Wilcox, all the NBA mom, Chris and Chin, they ended up taking care of him in the hotel. Oatmeal bags. Oatmeal bags. This is so my first game. Thing. I'm coming like, now Larry Hughes is our OG. This this obviously his young boy. So like this, I'm like, Larry, like, all right, you going to go out with us, right? Me and my partner. I'm like, man, all right, cool. So we get there and it's like, Hey, I did. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, wait a minute. Like, you know what I'm saying? Then first thing happened, he hit me with the, what's up, Q? I turn around, look at my homeboy. Like, yeah, you seen that? <laughs> like, you know what's up? So I'm fresh out of college. I got the little, you know, my number in college was three. You know what I'm saying? Partially because him, Marbury, and Sharif. I wore that number because y'all three. So I come out, I'm like, cool, I got my little chain on, my little diamond. That's diamond cuts. It ain't real diamonds. It's a little number three. I'm going out with them. Hey, I look, he turned around like, oh, wait a minute. He like, what's that? And so I'm like, I'm like, see, I'm like, what you mean? I'm like, I'm, I'm like, this, this is me. He said, hold up, man. We ain't letting them go like that. He sends his homeboy, one of his mans, he sent him up. 
come back down with a dumb, stupid iced out three. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I don't want to lose this. <laughs> and I'm just, you know, so I say it to say because it's like, you know, all this and that be said, man, this dude here, for real, we grew up idolizing him, hood hero, like MJ AI. You feel me? On the same plateau. And for him to, when I meet him the first ever time, like literally, I'm calling back to the crib, telling all my partners, like, yo, I'm out here with AI. That man calling me my name, like he know me. We kicking it, like he put my he put his chain on me, like man, you couldn't tell me nothing. So like I feel the need to share that. No, no, tell the whole story. I had to hear you come back every day and be like, AI, put the chain on my neck. Oh man, we was kicking it. It was so many girls there. It was me, AI, and everybody, and I'm like. I That's, can't even make a mean face. I was so sick. I'm like, oh. And for the rest of the trip, that was like, that was like my, that was like my joke. And I'm like, yeah, you know, like, cause me and AI cool, like that. He don't really know you though. Like, you wasn't here, so he heard about you, but he don't know you like that. Oh man. <laughs> so like for real, man. I just wanna. That's a story that like. I never forget that. Like for real, that story right there. I mean, a lot to me to like, cause you know how it is. Just like you, you met Jordan or whatever. Like you don't want the person that you think the coolest or the dopest or whatever to be an asshole to you when you meet Yeah, him. like and, and that, you that's, how, that's how I was with, um, with Mike, you know what I mean? Like my homeboys was with me before and you know, I was around Mike and they was like, you embarrassing me. Cause it was like, Yo, you a fucking groupie. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? like why are you acting like that? Be but fanning he, out. That's my hero, that's my guy. Like. I ain't no sucker, man. I can't help what I love and what I care about and what means something to me and who created Allen Iverson. Like, he helped create Allen Iverson from afar, from a distance. Like, I love that motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, I love Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? I love Michael Jackson. I just wanted to be them. I wanted to be Michael Jackson in a basketball form. Uh, or whatever, however you put it together. Right. The way I put my my stuff together, like the way I looked on the court, like I wanted to look like a superhero. Like a, I wanted to look good. I wanted to look smooth. I wanted to look cool. You know what I mean? I wanted to be on that Kenyon Martin shit where you can be <laughs> tall and still look cool as hell. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I, I wanted to be on it like that. That's who I was. Like I, I, I wanted to be like Michael Jordan. Like I really wanted to be like him. You know what I mean? Like the commercial, come on, everybody want to be like Mike. Like yeah. it was real with me. I wanted to be like that guy. You know what I mean? He was my favorite. He was my hero. Yeah. I hated the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> I hated the New York exactly. Knicks for beating them up. Like I, I hated those people. They ain't did nothing to me, but they did it to Mike. <laughs> you know what I mean? And nowadays, I look at the little dudes that look at me like that, and it, it, it feels so fucking good when little dudes look at me the way they look at me. And I can, I can actually talk to them and give them constructive criticism, and they don't take it in a bad way because it's, it's big bro yeah. talking to them. You know what I mean? Like, my sons... They get mad at me when I try to tell them, look, do it like this, do it like that. And they think daddy getting on them. But no, I'm just trying to help you. But, oh, okay, you the Hall of Fame daddy. So, uh, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Oh, I and agree. Then, My son's so, the same way. So, so I figured out a way and I talked to their coaches and I say, look, bro, I'm telling this and tell them that. 
and they take it better yeah. when it come from, from them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, man, like, I understand. I understand the whole makeup of it all, and it's, it's a beautiful thing that little guys look up to me like I used to look up to Mike, yeah. and I understand. I understand. I understand why when I'm out eating with my kids and all that and somebody come up to me and they say whatever they want to say and they want to get their thing off, I can't take it as they being disrespectful. Yeah. It's like this is the moment that yeah. I wanted. Yeah. You know what I mean? When it players, came to Mike. Us as players, we need that love. Uh, I just went to the Clippers game and I ain't been to Staples Center in probably over a decade. and. Just to go there and they give us the video and standing ovation, man, it's just, it's a great feeling to just feel that. You know what I'm saying? When you go into to the 76ers game, just to see the love that you get, we need that I as, get as our every heroes time I see you and all out that. There. Yeah, I, 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 I promise happy every time it. I see you out there, I'd be like, this is where he's supposed this to be. This is where they're supposed to be, and that's how it's supposed to And that's how you're supposed to look. Supposed to celebrate you the way they every do time. every yeah. single time. Don't do that, because my girl want to move back there so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, I got a question for you. Uh, I had the opportunity to sign a 10-day with the Grizzlies, and I played on that 10-day for three 10 days, and I finally got picked up for the season. And I yeah. uh, used to look at you and Mike Conley, yeah. go at it at practice. Yeah. I ain't going to lie. I used to feel like you, you got the best of Mike Conley. I felt y'all was two good players. You got the best of Mike Conley. The thing out of this, Lionel Hollins came in, and he chose Mike Conley over yeah. you. I thought you was the better point guard at the time. But it turned out that Mike Conley had showed his talent. He, he yeah. surprised me and better. But I thought it was a bad situation for you, but it turned out to be a good situation for you, and you showed your talent, and now you became an all-star. So just tell me how that situation feel of you. You striving so hard to be a top point guard, you get traded, and then you go to Toronto and turn it all around. Yeah, it was, it was crazy because um, you seen it every day we went at it. And, you know, we had a coach that literally came in there and he didn't know what he was doing. He said one day, he's like, Hey, Kyle, you the starter, Mike, you the backup. And we end up splitting minutes, right? 24 minutes apiece. I'm like, dog, what you going to do with me? I'm 22, 21 years old trying to figure it out. And, you know what I'm saying, that just shows that, you know, it's, it's a business. So Lionel came in and was like, all right, Kyle, you the backup. That's it. Yeah. Mike was the number four pick. And I didn't know that at the time. I was 24 pick. I was trying to figure it out. And it kind of hurt my heart, but I never quit. I was like, fuck it. I'm just keep grinding and keep working and keep working. And, you know, I knew Mike had talent. And I was like, man, he's really good. So, you know, for me, I'm like, all right, let me take my little eight minutes a game, ten minutes a game, and I was getting it and work hard with it. And, you know, at the next year, at the deadline, I got traded. And it put me to a situation where I was the backup and I was getting, you know, real good minutes. And it just changed. You know, one year, then Aaron Brooks went down. I was a starter. And I ain't looked back since. Yeah. And now I'm a five-time straight all-star. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, you know what I'm saying? And, sure. Word up. And to be in a situation where you don't know where you like, man, your biggest fear is failing, and you don't want to fail, and you get you like, man, I, I work my ass off every day. I go home, no, nah, you still only playing eight minutes a game. You playing eight minutes a game, and you working that hard, and you gotta go get the cardio in. You still gotta work. You still gotta get the shots up. You you gotta find a way, and that's just that that being tough and that that never give up attitude and never settling for what they wanted you to be. They wanted me to say, all right, I'm a backup. I'm going to take these minutes. And I ain't never want to do that. And that was just that tough. And I, I ain't going to never say, oh, this is what you are. No, I ain't that. I'm this. I could be that. I could be this, that. I can get to this point. I could be AI. 
I could be this, I could be that. You know what I'm saying? And and coming up that team, me and you, we we formed a bond. I knew he was gonna run. He threw him a lie one time. I was like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just it's just the perseverance in, in life in general. You can't worry about what they say. You gotta do it yourself. Yeah. Alan, I felt like I won the Hall of Fame when you got the Hall of Fame. And it's we all did. I was so just happy for you and just happy just you took all the lumps and bruises for us. You know what I'm saying? To get criticized and, and all this stuff about braids, dressing, jewelry, whatever it is, and for you to be Hall of Fame, it, it validated it for the hood, for us, for everybody with you. I think we felt like we was up there with you. What it means for you to hear Hall of Fame before your name? I see you got the ring on. I see you yeah. rocking the ring, so I know Straight it. Up. I know it. I wear it everywhere too, a shower, take a shit in and all that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, but the the, the I, I think that the dopest the dopest feeling for me with the Hall of Fame thing is like all of y'all that love me and respect me and know me like them dudes y'all like all of the guys that really really know me and love me and care about me. Y'all ain't got to argue with nobody no more. You ain't got to say nothing. I, wasn't doing no argue I don't got to no say way. nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the way I look at it. Like, man, yeah, um, AI and blah, blah, blah. I ain't talking about Hall of Fame punk. <laughs> straight up. Straight and that's up. it. That was my satisfaction because my guys didn't have to argue no more when they go get their hair cut. Yeah. And they ain't, you know, when my homegirls go get their hair done. I ain't got to argue with y'all. Hall of Fame, shut up. Jeez. And that's it. Yeah. That was the best feeling that I had. And obviously, Tawana and my kids and my family and my homeboys and all that, homegirls, all that, yeah, y'all helped me do it. And I just, all I wanted them to feel like is, man, y'all did this. Y'all helped me do it because I couldn't do it without y'all. You know what I mean? This was a definitely a fucking group effort. You can't be no Hall of Famer by yourself. You need everyone, man. You know what I mean? You need a whole lot of people to help you do that. And I just want my old lady since I was 15 years old and my mom and my family to know and the homeboys that I grew up with, I couldn't have did it without y'all. So this ring... It's on my finger. It ain't going to be on y'all's, but... For everybody. <laughs> it's for everybody, huh? But y'all deserve it. <laughs> y'all definitely everybody. deserve it. So if you got some mini joints that we can make or some shit like that, <laughs> y'all can have that one. There but you go. This one, mine. Straight up, straight up. Uh, from Q-Rich, D-Miles, Knuckleheads, man, we'd like to thank y'all for coming out, showing love, man. The Hall of Famer, Allen Iverson, the All-Star Kyle Laurie, man. Give him a thank you. It's huge, Thanks, man. Appreciate having it. these boys come through and rock with us. We definitely appreciate y'all, man. Appreciate it, bro. Man, when I was coming up, I used to watch these Sean Kemp highlight tapes on VCR tape. I know I'm kind of old, but the VCR, them VHS, as if we got any millenniums out here, you know? <laughs> but uh, I used to watch these Sean Kemp highlight tapes, and man, every time he used to catch a live, man, this guy used to throw it to him, and I always wanted to catch a live from this guy, or just play with this guy, or play defense with this guy. and. Uh, we grateful to have him here, and his name is 
Hall of Famer Gary Payton. The glove. The glove. The glove. First of all, first of all, we always kind of start this. Wait, hold on. Can you live in the front? <laughs> Shit, what's happening? <laughs> we always start this off. It's a good, this is a good one for him. I want to hear this. Yeah, we always start this off asking this question. Who was the first person when you got to the league to bust your ass? Y'all know that motherfucking MJ. <laughs> it was, it was some bullshit. I, I, I didn't know it was him. <laughs> Straight bullshit. I want to hear the story. Bullshit. Yeah, I was talking shit to him in the, um, preseason. You know, I didn't know that they don't play in preseason. Right. So I'm killing him. Had about 21. He played about seven, eight minutes. Then all of a sudden, we got to play him in the first game of the regular season. <laughs> he come to Seattle. First thing he get on the floor, he was like, Pip. Armstrong, the young young fella, my, he mine all night. Let me bust his ass all night. And he's like, this ain't preseason. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Man, he remembered it, man. And then all of a sudden, man, I get quick two fouls, man, with four, in four minutes, man. I sit down, man, that motherfucker got 35, 17. I'm over there with no Chewing porn, that gum, chewing huh? that gum, looking at me like after the game, he's like, nigga, welcome to the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey, I want to bring up a story for me and D Miles when we went we went to we went to GP charity game. This was, that was after our rookie year, right? Yeah, after our first year in the league. You know, GP we always had love from them. We first played. I remember when we first played. Same situation preseason. He talking about MJ didn't play. He played. Remember when he got to it with Key? With Keon. I'm yeah. sitting here like, yo, <laughs> he going off. <laughs> Alvin Gentry, like, after he had subbed him, GP sitting there like this, Alvin, what what you sending him up there for, Alvin? He yelling it, like, while they on the free throw line, it's loud. I'm like, oh, man, GP, I'm like, why he on key like that? Like, <laughs> So let's go back to when Pat, Big Pat, OG Pat Ewing was with the, with the Sonics. I never forget, that's my OG. So we go out there, of course, GP, like, look, we get there, he like, y'all the young boys, y'all the show. Like, you know what I'm saying? Y'all go out there in the layup line, do dunk. We put on dunk contests, dunks, all that. But the best part of the story, I don't know if you even know this. The best part of the story, you fast forward how many years later, Nate Robinson gets drafted. I get traded to the Knicks, and he was in that trade. So we have our press conference together. Phoenix drafted him and traded me and him together. And everybody know how Nate is. He couldn't even sign his contract before he won. He had to tell me the story. He was sitting there like, big bro, I got to tell you, like, man, I met you before. I'm like, for real? He like, man, you and D-Miles. Like, I got your, I got D-Miles jersey in my living room. So he, him and his brother, they stole a car. <laughs> Literally. They were like 14, 15. He tells me they stole a car, drove to Key Arena. I don't know how they got in, got in, made it all the way to the floor, and literally, we went and played in Seattle later that, that year. Me and D-Miles had signed the charity game jersey. It's up in, you know, we in the hood in Seattle. In the hood, it is my CD, the CD. And, and he got the jersey up in there and everything, and he like, bro, like, we literally was there, like, at the game. And that go all the way back. That was, that was 2001. About 2001, yeah. You know I was having them big parties during that time. That's Definitely what, know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why he had us doing all of the stuff. But we yeah, weren't yeah, there, though, because yeah. we weren't old enough drunk. to get in back then. <laughs> Don't let nobody know. We weren't there because we weren't yeah, old enough yeah, to get yeah, in yeah, back then. Yeah, it's all good. I had y'all right. <laughs> hey, but this, this is what I want to talk about. Everybody know, like, people ask me, like, who's the, who the best at Taco Trail? Easy, easy, bar none you. Like, I want to know 
where did that come from? Like, you crazy? You talking to MJ? You a you a rook? You talking to you talking to him? Like, yeah. like where did that type of mentality, the courage, just the like? I don't give a damn. I'm about to say something to you. Well, Quentin, growing up in Oakland, California, you know, and then what we did was we went to neighborhoods. You go to neighborhoods and you challenge everybody in the hood, and that's where you became and get your name. You know what I'm saying? But in them hoods, you know, you win in they hood, they gonna want to fight you. Okay. So you gonna have to you gonna have to fight up out of there. So you know, I used to bring my brothers with me and my sister. She was rough at the, you know, she was a rough <laughs> one. So she used to fight too. So. They knew I had a bad mouth with me, man. You know, so I bring the bring the family with me. You know, you know, so I'm talking crazy. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going over to wrecking shop in every hood, right? So I got to be known as little little Peyton around Oakland, California, and. You know, we just had that. You know what I'm saying? We had to go to different hoods and let them understand what's happening. And then by the time I got in high school and stuff, everybody wanted to get at me. And, you know, they, you they made, your name by made my name by then. But you got to talk because if you don't talk, they're going to keep going at you. It's just like the bully. The bully always going to keep bullying you if you don't if you step up to him. And when you knock the bully out, and then it's all good. You know what I'm saying? So that's what it was. You know, I, it, my father was a big part of my life. And he coached me for so long, and he was like, yo, you better not let nobody, nobody run up on you or do nothing. If you get knocked out, you better go back to the next day and get knocked out again right. and get knocked out again and get knocked out. Because if you don't Got fight, it. I'm going to whoop your ass when you get in here. So I'm going to get two day. ass whooping, so I might as well go on and whoop this man ass and go home and be cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I might as well. So that's what it was the way I grew up. You know, it just kept going, kept sticking, and then it, it, it you know, took off. Yeah, it's a privilege to have a nickname, to be called something, especially have a dope nickname. I was about to say to have a every, cold when those was a whole other thing. Ever since I heard the glove and Gary Payton the and glove, what it mean. that was yeah. just one of the dopest nicknames I ever heard. And I wanted to know, when did you get the nickname glove, and how much do you like the nickname glove? Shit, I love the nickname glove. <laughs> the glove's something else. But, you know, Darius, it was like 93, 94. I heard Allen come in here and say Kevin Johnson busted him. He ain't never had nobody bust him like that. And I did it against Kevin Johnson. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We was in a um, conference, uh, Western Conference Finals. You know, they had Charles Barkley. And Kevin Johnson was the man during that time. Yeah. He was the shit. You know what I'm saying? He had averaged like 26 points in the regular season. I didn't do nothing with him in the regular season. But I had made a point that I was going to do something with him in this Western Conference. And I held him to 14 points, yeah. and I locked him up. And then when I went back to my hotel, my cousin called me on the phone, talking about, glove, glove. <laughs> I was like, man, oh, you got the wrong number. Click. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I hung up the phone, so he hit me back. He was like, this your cuz, this your cuz, man. Your name is the glove from now on. I said, why the hell I'm named the glove? He said, because you had Kevin Johnson in your mitt of your hand, just like a baseball in coverage, yeah. just like that. And then ever since then, it was like, I cover people just like a glove, man. I just all around them, and it starts sticking, and then the NBA got used to it, and then they start bringing out stuff, and then everybody just called call me the glove. That's good. Yeah. So, so you the only point guard to ever, ever, ever be defensive player. You're like, and it's gonna stay that way. That's that, but like, so that's what I'm saying. Forever. Like that, that's hard. That's a bar. Like, how that feel to be the only person at your position to ever win that award? Q, that feel good because that was the 96th year I was coming up for a contract with Seattle. And um, it was just one of them years where 
I sent my wife home with the kids. I sent them back to Oakland. And I told them I had to do a grind. I had to get on a grind. So I spent my whole year by myself and me and my hood partners, man. I, I brought them all up, and they, they lived with me. And I said, man, I'm going to make this a special year. And when I started playing it and I started playing defense, I didn't care about nothing, nothing. I started locking everybody up. I led the league in the steals. I was averaging about 27 points a game. You know, I was doing my due, man. You know, I, I went to the Olympics, won a gold medal, deal signed a big contract that year, man. And then all of a sudden, they gonna tell me I get defensive player of the year at a point guard position. And I'm <laughs> locking up and I'm changing everything. Cause you know, everybody know big men change games. Right. But at that time, I was changing games. Yeah. I was changing games, but I was damn people up 94 feet. Yeah. I wouldn't even let them get into the offense. Yeah, I was disrupting their offense. I wouldn't even let them get in their offense. Right. And then they start planning stuff where they start bringing the, the, the point guard down the court and letting the, letting the big man and the, and the, and the right. two and everything bring the ball up. They had to initiate. And it was, just a, it was just a privilege for me to do that in 96, to even change the game like that and do it from a point guard position. Yeah, I can't imagine you throwing a, a alley-oop to nobody but Sean Kemp. <laughs> Outside of Sean Kemp, who was the next person in line that you loved to throw the alley-oop to? Shaq. Shaq was a good one too, but that that rain man, he was a monster. Boy. Man, he was a monster. Boy. I used to watch them tapes all the time. I can throw that ball anywhere, man, and he'll go get it. You know what I'm saying? He'll go get it. So he was, you know, he was really, really talented. I wish he would have stayed with me longer than what he did because he would be a Hall of Famer now too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, I just hate that he left, but he was really, really talented, man. And me and him start really hanging off the court like you two. Yeah. And we became like this. So anywhere he knew if I was coming and I was going and he was, all he had to do was say, whoo, you know, boo boo. Right. And all of a sudden it's going to be a yuck guy. You know what I'm saying? Y'all don't understand yes, what that language yes, means. That, everybody understands that. Even though y'all know, y'all don't have yeah. no clue what he's saying. They completely understood yeah, each other. We understood each other, man. And I knew he was going to be there. And if that ball go up in the air, and I, I'm going to see him swinging. Yeah. He gonna come. He gonna come get it, and he gonna dunk it real, real hard. So, so I'm from Chicago. I clearly was sitting at home on the floor watching WGN when y'all went against my Bulls and MJ them in the finals. I was a huge fan of yours and Sean Kemp, but I had and Dale Ellis. I love Dale Ellis too, but I, I I wanted no parts of y'all doing anything with my Bulls. And I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, I was literally kind of scared because I was like, damn, like Kemp. He on another level, you on another level. And you know, we used to have problems sometimes with Pip sometimes. I used, I was just like, dang. Like they got kind of like a serious too. Then y'all had the intangibles with Perkins and all of that. And I was just like, man, I never forget when that series started. I was just like, I was telling my friend, I'm kind of nervous about this and whether they gonna get him. Just because you and Kemp. And then like I said, y'all had the little, you know, cool Perkins, he was like never tripping, hit big threes and all that. Always make big plays. So I, like, like, how did you feel, like you say, when Sean left, like, cause I know how it felt. When he got traded, we was like this, and it was like, yo, y'all tripping. Like, did you at any point feel like you wanted to go too when he left? Or, cause I know when he got traded, I, my initial thing was my agent was like, tell him to trade me too. Yeah, it was like that. And, and I went to the ownership and I expressed that a lot. And they sat me down and said what Sean was doing. And I say, but that don't make no difference. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? You took away my Batman and our Robin. Mm -hmm. Y'all took that away from me. 
And the next year, I didn't really have a good year when he left. You know what I'm saying? But when Van Baker came, it was kind of cool. And, you know, he tried to fill the, the void, but it wasn't a void filled. I watched Sean go to Cleveland, and he got big. And, and I felt that that was my fault. That was my fault because I didn't step up the way I should have stepped up with the ownership and make them do the right thing. You know what I'm saying? And it was a problem for me to see him there. But as I looked at it, that was the best year Sean ever had in yeah. Cleveland, being in a Cleveland, big, big. Yeah. He made an all-star team, two in the East. And he admitted that to me, that that was the best season he had. He had to go and do it. But he got lost after that. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I still feel that way for him to go through the things that he went through. He got lost, you yeah. know what I'm saying, to go through all the problems that he had. And I really feel that way. And, you know, I, I talked to him once a week, once yeah. a week, just after to talk to him yesterday. And I just stay with him now, you know, yeah. I stay with him because I'm, I'm never going to leave him again. You yeah. know, that's not what I'm going to do no more because that's my guy. You Straight know what up. I'm saying? And if it wasn't his, his rain man in the glove, yeah, that's what it is man. in Seattle, man. So, and we still like that. We still icons up in there in Seattle, and, and we're going to stay that way, and I'm going to stay his brother for life. Straight I up. love it. I mean, I feel a lot very similar, the same way with D. Miles. And, like, I seen some with an article with, you know, both of y'all sons are coming up, playing ball, and doing y'all thing, and I saw y'all talking about that. So, I mean, I, I definitely love and, and respect that type of I feel like we got the same type of relationship where we're going to be bros for life and we're going to keep holding it down like that. Yeah, and, that, and that's what it is, man. Once you know that you get with a guy and you know you got a feeling for him and when y'all can hang off the floor and y'all might not be blood brothers, but y'all really, really are because y'all done built that relationship. Me and him was the same way. I could know if he missed practice, if he was drunk or whatever, whatever. <laughs> I could feel I could feel the void. Oh, man, he was over my house. Man, he got food poisoning or something. You know what I'm saying? It's right. all good. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to always look out for him like that. You know what? Sean at, oh man, chill out, man. We good. We gonna roll with him right well, now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Where GP at? Uh, man, he cool. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Don't worry about him. You know, so we got that and we know what to say with each other. But when you got that feeling and you know that for each other, y'all got that vibe, it's always gonna be like that. Hey, I'll tell you one more story before you wrap it up about how, like, we was always the young boys looking up to you. But it was two things in particular, and you gonna remember this when I said that when we first saw you, it was the first thing was when you had the pimped out 310 ride. <laughs> you had us so, like, and we never did it because I, you know, we rookies, our agents and financials wouldn't let us, but yeah. we was like, when we went up there, we was like, we going 310 like club, man, he got the suede, this and this, it was yeah, crazy. Man. We went up there, they told us, probably like, okay, so we really not gonna do that. <laughs> we can't, <laughs> we can't do that about. right now, it was that. And when you first came through, tell him when he came through with ice that, man. with that, the Ice Man with that red gold or whatever, the rose, like it wasn't even called rose gold at first. It was like when you you came, we was like the Ice Man, like this man GP got red gold. Like, <laughs> like I ain't never seen this. Like I'm talking about when we saw those two things. Like you have no clue how much we talked about you and those two things, our partners or other people. Like dog, you just gotta see it. I can't even explain. Like it, it became a way bigger myth than it ever was just yeah. from us talking about. It, but it was it was crazy. Like just talk about how you got hooked up with the three one zero stuff. I mean, everybody was doing, it, but you was like one of the first biggest people doing it. Right. So you know that that's true though, you guys, because I'm a big watch guy and I'm a big car guy. And uh, when we went to LA and we was playing the Lakers. Shaq told me, man, you got to meet this dude, man. You got to meet this little dude, man. He about this big. And, and to today, he's my best friend. You know, I've been friends with him for like 20-something years now. His name is Darnell. 
And he came out and he had all kind of Rolls Royces and trucks all out there. And you know, I'm a young nigga just, just getting up in this game, man. And I, I had a lot of lot of bread, man. You know, coming out of Oakland, when you got a lot of paper, man, you know you want to spend it. You know Straight what I'm saying? Up. So it's like, yeah, you got to do it, you know? So, you know, he started showing me something and I wanted to do other things too. I started doing like, you know, let me see what the suede is about. Let me have it with my name in the headrest, uh, put four 15s in there. Let me see how I can slam, put the crown chrome on it. And then I whipped out the Chocolate Thunder. I whipped out the Cadillac Escalade when I had like eight, nine TVs in there. And it was doing it with the, with the fur rugs and all that. It didn't look yeah. like a pimp ride, but before it was cold. Royce. It was real, real cold, <laughs> man. I had it going on, man. That boy so was baby powder before powder. Yeah, yeah, throwing the powder <laughs> on there, man, you know? So, yeah, so we was, we was doing it man it was it was fun you know what i'm saying when you can experience that type of life that you ain't never had and do it and be fun with it you know leave it there and then grow up and understand what the value of everything is it's just like right now you know i still get the cars and stuff no like rim. that you know i don't do the ram stuff no more i don't do the music no more but you have to experience that when you're growing up like that. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not no. I'm not mad at nobody. I mean, just be sensible when it, when it's time for you to end it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And you got to think about that. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna spend money at the beginning, but you always got to think about it. The life is gonna end. Yeah, it's gonna end. This ain't this ain't forever. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And and in our business, eighty something percent of the people get broke. Yeah. And I'm trying to tell these dudes, man. You know, right now you got your money. You know, put some of it away and buy some stuff and, and invest in some stuff and do some other things. You can have all that stuff. <clears throat> you know, I was the first one to have a posse. You know, I had six dudes from the hood come live with me. And you don't need all of that. You know, mm -hmm. you can still be around your dudes and your partners. Bring them in, have fun with them, kick it, you know what I'm saying? And don't be scared not to tell them that we ain't going to the hood. You know what I'm saying? And they be talking about, oh, you you done turned into this and that. No, you done turned into something if you don't understand that that ain't my life no more. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You got to respect me that, that I can't do that no more because my life has changed. And if they don't realize that, then they ain't your partner. Straight you up. know what I'm saying? Because you can go in the hood and whatever and buy them all a drink, stay in there for an hour, kick it, and they're going to have a good time with yeah. you. And they're going to be like, gee, still come to the hood. Yeah. And which I do all I do now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I don't stay in there, you know what I'm saying? Because it ain't it ain't about me no more. Yeah. And when I did all of that and had all of that, it's just a something now. Being over 50 now, I'm feeling more 50 years old, man. I ain't got time for all that though. Straight no, up, man. straight so, up. Uh, you know, I go to bed early at nine o'clock, man. Me too. What you me talking too. about, man? I, I gotta get some sleep. I take naps. Straight up. Two o'clock, nigga, I got a nap. I was young. I, I don't man. get up until five. I show sure you know naps every day. I got to get it, man, because I'm gonna be tired. One more question before we get up out of here. I wanted to ask you, who is the best basketball player in the Oakland Bay Area that the world or nobody else know? Well, it was one dude, man. Y'all probably know him. He was better than all of us. His name was Hook Demetrius Mitchell. Okay, yeah, you. they about to bring out a, a thing on him in Sports Illustrated in two weeks. You know, he was the best. You know, his brother was was one of the big time dope dealers in the, in the city, and he used to come to all our games. He can dunk it. He was only five ten, do everything. He was everything. He was a, a Nate Robinson, but a little bit better. Than Nate, yeah. as in scoring wise that's, and doing a lot of things. Lot. Nate know about him because Nate's father is from Oakland too. Right. So yeah. we used to go to the park. Troy, I used to take him everywhere. 
and he destroyed things. But that's another situation where you get caught up in the streets. His brother got killed in front of his mom's house, and uh, he just went downhill from there. Yeah. You know, it went downhill from there, and I wish he could have had an opportunity to be in the NBA and everybody see him. And then he started going to jail and, and started using dope. And, you know, right now we, we, we're still trying to keep him on the right path. Yeah. But he was probably the best playground legend in Oakland that ever came out of Oakland that was way better than me. Yeah. Way better than me. You know what I'm saying? But I just went the right path. I chose to do something else. I wasn't in the, the projects like he was. Yeah. I grew up outside of projects. I moved outside of the projects when I was five. Yeah. So I really didn't know nothing about the projects. My brothers and sisters did. But it was a blessing for me that my father went to a pool hall and shot pool and, and laid, made a lot of money and bought us a crib. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because yeah. that's what they was doing in the day. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Right. That's how they get make money, shoot You're dice right. and, and play pool. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. And my daddy did that. And then he got us out of there. And then he told us, man, that he won't never let, let us do it. And then I started playing basketball and it changed my life. I had opportunity to do everything in the streets, but no, I didn't dude. choose to do everything in the streets. Yeah. And I think Hook chose to do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And we tried to save him, but I'm never going to let him go neither. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that ain't what a friend do. You know, yeah, we, we right. was real close in high school, and, and I'm always going to be with him, and I'm always going to be, be there for him. So, you know, and then we got that little kid, Jason Kidd. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, he, was, he was a beast. You know, just made Hall of Fame. You know what I'm saying? I raised him too. So them two right there probably it was really, really good. Straight up, straight yeah. up, man. Well, man, we definitely want to wrap up, but we appreciate, man, like this, having having you, AI, Cal, but like you and AI in particular, man, you know how it is. We came up under y'all, watching y'all, looking up to y'all and all that, and y'all set the example, set the table for us, man. We appreciate you coming out and everything you do for the whole culture, bro. Good, and I want to tell y'all, man, these two dudes right here, man, when they came in the league and I, and I seen both of them, I knew they had a chip on their shoulder. And they did it. And I don't really mess with everybody, if y'all know. I don't get out with a lot of people, man. You know what I'm saying? So they know I don't. So it's like these two, Quentin and Darius, these are two guys that if I go and ask them to come to something that I do, then I, I really respect them. And, you know, especially when they doing a podcast like this. You guys, y'all got to support us, man, when we do stuff like this. Because this is going to get back to all the other kids and other generations to see that they can do this same type of stuff. And when they ask me to come on this podcast, it's a no-brainer. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go and help everything that's going to be a positive for any kind of kids. And that's what I do. Because we got a lot of these kids in these hoods and a lot of things that their parents can't give them scholarships. But we got to help them. Because they don't look up to their parents no more because they think they're around them all the time, but they look up to us because they buy our jerseys. So if we say something, they're going to they gonna listen to it. So we got to get these guidance, and especially when they're doing this. Man, support them, man, and just, and just do what you got you can, man, because it's going to help other people because they're looking at them and they want to do the same thing they do. Yeah, appreciate you. Q Rich, D Miles, Knuckleheads, and the Hall of Famer, Gary Payton. Thank you. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all. Yo, check us out on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Download, subscribe. Check us out. We out here. We getting it in. Knuckleheads. Yeah. The Players Tribune.com.